This is a Research in Practice podcast, supporting evidence-informed practice with children and families, young people and adults. Hello, and welcome to this Research in Practice podcast. I'm Laura, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Marcus and Ario, who are going to be talking about the Journey Project, which has been successfully implemented in Leeds City Council. This podcast is the last in the three-part series focusing on the topic of working with men. Hi, Marcus and Ario. Hello, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hello. So, can you just start us off and, and introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about your story in relation to the Journey Project? Um, Ario, do you want to go first? Yes. Hi. So, I met uh, Marcos a few months ago when I have some fight with my wife. So, I'm coming to England uh, three years ago. So, where are you from? Uh, we have uh, different, uh, uh, what can I say, different uh, uh, manners to resolve some problems. Uh, but uh, when I fight with my wife, the social worker comes to my home and uh, they, she talked to me about uh, this project. So Marcus, can you just talk a little bit about um why you decided to set up this programme and, you know, how you went about doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So I was employed by, by Caring Dads to, to work with BAME, BAME fathers as we felt that there was a, there was a gap there, there was the lack of support um, to, to work with BAME families and especially BAME men. Um, so I, I think initially I was, when I was given the post, I didn't really know where to start. It was quite daunting at first um, because I think there's a, a misconception um, that BAME communities will shut their door on you straight away if you talk about domestic violence. And I think speaking to other people that would kind of say, good luck trying to engage with with, with communities around these subjects. Um, so uh, initially I was kind of having to scratch my head to think, how can I, you know, where do I start really with with putting something together? Um, so I went out, went out and spent, you know, the first few months in, in my post um, just going to different community centres and, and different organisations, um, finding out what's already out there, um, finding out um, men's experiences. So I spoke to a lot of BAME fathers that had completed the Caring Dads programme uh, to find out you know, what was missing from the programme, how did they feel um, about being, I mean, the vast majority of the time, being the only BAME person in a, in a group as well and not being able to maybe feel comfortable sharing their their experiences um so that gave me you know time to speak to men understand their their journey their their story and um going and speaking to other communities and introducing myself and telling them what I you know what my post is what I'm here to do and even though I was expecting you know the shut doors that people people said actually people were pretty open and, and intrigued and and you know maybe it's because I've grown up in, in this city and I'm from different backgrounds myself so maybe that that helped um, but I actually found people were quite open and, and welcoming and wanted to have these conversations and you know I, I didn't come in instantly and say I'm here to talk about domestic violence but I'm here to talk about relationships and, and and what what we do well in relationships what we can improve on and and I want to hear your story your 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 journey so that really gave me a lot to to think about and I think that was when I'd gone away and thought about different ideas of what we could do um you know my first idea was do we run um a BAME group um, and 
again, I, I spoke to other communities, tried to get feedback of what they would like. Um, I think what a lot of people and what I'd learned myself is that, you know, that BAME umbrella is so many different cultures within cultures and that one size still wouldn't fit all within that community, you know, within each community. And also there's things like language barriers as well. We, we can't run a group with three or four different languages, um, you know, at the same time. Um, I also spoke, um, I looked at running a, a Black Fathers group as well and spoke to people within the community about how they'd feel about having a, a Black Fathers group. And again, some people are quite reluctant to do that because um, if you're a part of a community, and this is the same for lots of communities, if you're a small community, the chances are you all know each other to some extent and actually they felt less comfortable being in a room full of people from the same community. Um, so that really helped me understand that actually this isn't going to be as effective as, as a group. Um, so then you know, I may, had discussions with my manager about looking at doing one-to-one um, -one sessions and um, you know, I, I piloted one-to-one uh, -one sessions at first and that was quite tricky at first. I think I wasn't really getting the referrals um, and I'm not sure why that was initially. I think maybe people weren't that comfortable having conversations with BAME fathers about coming onto a project. Um, at the time, it didn't have a name. It was just BAME, you know, working with BAME men. Um, once I'd opened that up to the rest of, uh, of, of the council, um, I got a lot more, lot more referrals. Um, and then I was able to test some ideas with with each man, different ideas that I've got, and again, learning from them each each time. Um, after I'd had a few pilot sessions, I then kind of thought this needs to be something now um, it's worked relatively well I've got good feedback from the men um, so yeah I spent time thinking about what a package could be what what individual sessions could be and, and that's kind of how the journey project came together really I felt that I'd listened to the men's journeys and it just made sense to kind of call it the journey project really and, and go on that journey with with the men that's great. And can you tell us a little bit about what that package then looked like after going through that process? The journey project was really based on understanding the man's journey, the man's story. And sometimes we bypass that and we focus on the incident or the reason that they're, they're on the programme. Whereas with the journey project, you know, within those first two sessions, what we do in those first two sessions is talk about your journey. So I spent time in that session finding out about Ariel's life in Angola and understanding his perception of what, what a healthy relationship looks like, having an understanding of how do we deal with family conflict culturally, as we have an idea of how we do it in this country. Um, but it's important to understand how other people do it as well. And I think my kind of core belief really with the journey project was, you know, that our culture and our identity and our experiences shape how we how we parent and how we um, you know, understand relationships. So what really worked with this journey project was that time, that time that I allowed you know, these men to be able to talk about their journey for me to understand where their core values and, and, and beliefs come from and hopefully creating a safe space to be able to do that and park some of our own as professionals, park some of our own stereotypes of, of cultures and relationships and allow that space for Oreo to be able to, to share. Um, so once we've done that and we've done that first 
two or first session, the journey project of, of the journey, sorry. Um, I then would be asking the dad, what things do you feel that you need to work on? Um, you know, I remind the dads, you know, we're here to look at the things we do well, but we're also here to look at the things we can improve on. So we're getting the men to almost set some goals, some things that they want to achieve as well. And whilst I'm obviously listening to the dad, I'm, I'm, I've got ideas of what I think he might need to work on as well. And we can kind of come together then and put together a plan. So that's what we've been looking at initially is this is a plan of work. Um, over time, I've, like I say, I've added additional sessions to, to, the, to the journey project. Initially, it was six sessions and I've made that eight now because there's so many things to, uh, to, to cover with the men really. So, um, so I've got more of a menu of, of sessions that I can look at now, but I do try and stick to, I suppose, a similar journey for all the men. And then I'll look at adding additional sessions if I feel that there's something that's missing from my initial sessions with him. To be honest, in the first time I'm afraid because I'm never talk with someone about my feels. And second one that about uh, is about my English. So uh, where I'm from, we don't speak English, we speak Portuguese. So, so but I see opportunity to talk with someone experienced, someone can understand me. So when I start to talk with Marcos before, I'm afraid, but I not I'm, I'm not feel comfortable because it's my personal life. Mm. About one, two sessions, I think. So I talk more. I'm, I'm open more because uh, I need it honestly. What is it that put you at ease? in those sessions um, that Marcus was able to do to kind of make you want to kind of continue with that program? I think when I talk with Marcus, he, you know, when, when we talk with some family or friends, uh, these people normally, he talk to you like uh, they want to protect you. But with Marcus different. He, he never talked to me like uh, like a friend or like a family. So he talked me what he tell me what I need, what I need to listen, know what I need, know what I need to know. So when he talked to me before, uh, I remember one day before my wife he want to he want to leave, so he want to find another home to to, to move. And um, Marco, Marco never tell me, no, you try keep your wife, you, you try talk with your wife, you need to hold your wife, no. Uh, Marco tell me, uh, Aurea, you need to say that, not like an end book, maybe the end uh, the page. Uh, so th this, 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 this word, uh, I remember every day that, so I try make different. So I listen more, my wife. If I'm wrong, or if, or if she wrong, I never, I never try uh, discuss or fight with her. So after this, I think uh, session number four, we st we start talk about uh, uh, my feels. How, how I can feel when uh, about all this situation. I say sometimes I'm, I'm considering one cold person because I hold my feels. 
So Mar Mar Marco tell me, why you no, why you not start to talk with your wife about your views, uh, about your angry, if you're angry, why you not talk? Because before I not talk, I hold with myself. Thank you for that powerful reflection. And Marcus, we've just heard from Ario about the journey he had across those eight sessions. What are some of the key areas that you particularly think about after those two initial sessions? So um, I suppose the first thing that I look at with, with every dad is, is what makes a good dad or how do we do we parent? And I think it's really important when you're working with baby men is, is not to have your own judgment on culturally what you think is, is a good father. Um, allow the man to kind of tell his story. Um, and I think when you know we talked with, with Ario, he, he, he talked about um, you know men in his culture not helping out, you know, necessarily with the children, um, not, you know, not helping mum, but their role might be to provide financial support um, for the family or support of education. Um, so those things are still really valid and, and you know, do make a good father. Um, and they're really useful things to, to, to see um, when the man talks about them, but we can explore a little bit more in terms of what other things could we be doing that we're maybe missing. So, you know, the idea of maybe playing with our children, um, you know, helping out around the home with uh, with chores, et cetera. And it's just, again, it's talking about what they do well, because I think that's, in, that's important and we don't praise men enough for the things that they do well, but also looking at the things that they can improve and how we can be uh, positive role models to our children as well so that's what we've been looking at within that first session and it gives them an understanding of of what they're doing well and, and what we use the word we use is what's unacceptable behavior as well as a parent and it gives them the opportunity to talk about some of the things that they've done that might be unacceptable whether that be shouting in front of their children or violence in front of their children and getting them to talk through that a little bit but with that i'm not asking them to be specific about their own incidences and giving them a general what would be unacceptable um, around children. So it's a nice introduction to get them to think about what they do well and what they can improve on. Um, moving from that, we'd probably look at um, something around healthy relationships. And again, it's important to not just have a standard that we being here living in Britain, what we would class as a healthy relationship. It's important for the man to be able to describe what he sees as as healthy, and then we can explore that in more in more detail. Um, a good example that I use with with men is, which that's, for some reason they find a lot easier, is if I ask them what's a good friend, what would you you know if you had a, a perfect friend, a good friend, what would what would they do? What would they be like? And they find that really easy to give examples of that. You know, he needs to be kind, he needs to be caring, he needs to listen to me, support me. Um, so they find that a lot easier than me asking them about their relationship with their partners and, and, it, and it being healthy. So it's a really good way of actually getting them to think about what's a healthy relationship. And then we'll talk about what's unhealthy within a, in a relationship. And, you know, they come up with quite a lot of ideas. And then I'll ask them to look at both ideas and decide where is their relationship in there is it on the healthy side or the unhealthy side and and for a lot of men they can recognize the aspects of of the unhealthy relationship and they're things that we can work on so again we're kind of in terms of their goals we know how to to work towards those really with a lot of the dads what i do try and do is is get them to you know, we, we do a lot of work around the cbt triangle your thoughts feelings and actions 
and actually getting men to be aware of their thoughts um, and, and their feelings. So again, you know, with, with this dad, I, I was getting him to actually think about what he was thinking and feeling in that moment in, in time so that he could pause and articulate back to professional or to his partner how he was thinking, how he was feeling, which then, you know, it, it makes him think about how he reacts to things as, as as well. So we work through that and we, you know, we we talk about managing our emotions, you know, our powerful emotions and and when we, you know, we do work around fair arguing and, and how do we argue because arguments are a normal part of a relationship, but how do we do we manage those in a way that it doesn't escalate? Um, as well. And again, um, you know, culturally, um, some men will say that's the fire in our relationship or that's the fire in, you know, who, who I am and, and my culture and identity. And it's recognising that, but also trying to work on alternative ways of dealing with a with a situation. Um, and I think one of the key things that we, you know, that we look at, which has been a, a big subject for me recently, is is discipline and and understanding different cultural aspects of of, of discipline um i've worked with a lot of fathers that um you know culturally have grown up in in a system where or a society where um physical chastisement is absolutely normal accepted um and it's difficult for men when they come here even though they've been told um that it's not okay a lot of men will say, well, I've been told it's not OK, but I don't actually have the tools to manage my children and no one's shown me those. Um, so I'm kind of torn of not knowing you know, what to do. But traditionally, this is how we deal with children for generation after generation. And then all of a sudden we're told we can't we can't do that. Um, so I've had to work with a lot of men around what alternative ways do we manage children's uh, behavior and it's been quite fascinating because the men are open to it because they've experienced that side of discipline throughout their lives and, and most men will say physical discipline doesn't it doesn't work but i don't know what else i can do so it's really important that we you know we recognize that and, and instead of kind of saying well you're in our country this is what you have to do it's about saying these are the laws here are the tools to help you manage your children in these situations um so they're kind of the main things that we that, that, that we look at in the sessions now the the remaining sessions that i look at you know is about talking about why they're here and talking about the reason for the referral um which is a key thing and there's a lot of prep work and there's a lot of building through that journey until we get to that really difficult point where we talk about what they've done I hope when I'm doing these sessions that using the thoughts, feelings and actions triangle really helps them think through the process um, when we've compared, you know, what makes a good dad and healthy relationships. All these things are preparing them to finally get to that point where they can talk about why they're here. Um, and the men, you know, they, they're able to go through an incident um, that's been the reason for the referral, talk about, you know, what they could have done differently in that situation what impact it had on, on the children as well, and be aware of how they can change their thought processes. Um, and that's something that's really useful. A lot of men, you know, at the end of all these sessions will always come back to me and say the triangle, you know, the thoughts, feelings and actions that I use that now. I'm more aware of being able to turn my thoughts around. Um, so that's kind of the key 
key session. That's what we're hoping we get to um, with all the prep work that we've that we've done before. And as we come to the final session, really, it, it's about looking at how do we re rebuild that trust within our relationships. Um, a, a lot of men that that do the journey projects, you know, think that once they've done the eight sessions, everything's resolved, and you know their partners will take them back, and everything will be you know happily ever after. But it's important to to remember that you know I say this to men, you know, when you've caused harm to somebody, it's on their their terms when they're ready to rebuild that relationship. And for you, it's about taking these tools away, using them, and putting them into practice. And having to be patient before you know you kind of get your ultimate goal which is maybe to be back together as a as a family um and it's important for us as you know also once we finish those sessions is to look at signposting men to other organizations as as well i think what's been really useful is my time within the different communities has enabled me to have links with other organizations so i i will always offer other organizations or other community centers for the men who have I suppose finally opened up and talked to somebody that they're kind of ready to talk to other people then as well. So I think that's really important that we don't just shut the door at the end of the sessions as as, as well. Thanks ever so much, Marcus. And then and then back to Oreo in terms of you know how are things now um, for you having gone through this process with Marcus on the journey project. Uh... Positive for one side, negative for another side. Because before, in my country, man is a man. Mm. I don't know if you understand, man is a man. Uh, for us, uh, my wife, you need to be, uh, uh, listen to me, and uh, what can I say, do anything what a man wants. So, yeah, so your wife is expected to do anything you, that you ask, yes. Yeah, this is in my country. It's a different culture. So, But now, uh, one day I said to Marcos, now sometimes I need not the woman at home, you know. Sometimes it's, it's supposed to be every day my wife put the kid on a bed, I give the dinner. But for now, sometimes it was me. So... It's different for me, but for another part, it's positive because I have a peace in my home. So that's the secret. Oh, that's brilliant to hear. If uh, if uh, my mom or my dad, if, because my dad, my mom was died a long time ago, but I see my aunt, my auntie or my uncle is coming my home and see this uh, this this change. They they say what? So, because it's not normal, you know, in my country. So, but for me, I try to uh, keep away the family because I need peace in my home. So I do what I need to do to, 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 to keep the peace in my, my home. So for my country is negative, for my country is negative, but for me, for my family, it's positive. That's why I say it's negative on one side, positive on another side. So that's okay. And just um, building on that, Marcus, really, um, what other kind of key things you, do you think that it's important to consider when working with men and fathers from a Black, Asian and minoritized ethnic background? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, the, the first and most important thing is as a professional that we need to explore our own culture 
and our own identity and actually think about how do we identify ourselves. Um, I think it's quite easy if you're born here or if you're white British that you don't really have to think about your identity too much. Um, but for anyone that's BAME, it's something that they have to think about every day. So I think it's really important. And I, I do sometimes do training with other professionals about identity and how they see themselves before we go and work in a diverse community that we do. So I think that's really important. Um, and with that, you should also then be thinking about how the man self-identifies as, as, as well. You know, we may go in and make an assumption you know, for instance, you know, the, the continent of Africa is massive. So the idea that somebody from North Africa is the same as somebody from West Africa, completely different. And I think it's important that um, when we are working with people, we allow that time to explore. And I think that's why, again, with the Journey Project, I had that time with Aria to explore. OK, so you speak Portuguese you're from Angola. There's lots of things that I needed to think about before I went in, you know, to, to work with that person. Um, I think as well, you know, we have to consider, you know, the impact of institutionalized racism as well and, and the impact that that has on, on men that we're working with, whether that be, you know, exclusion from school, the criminal justice system, all these things that influence um, how, how we, you know, how, how, how that man views, views the world. Um, again, thinking about the man's cultural or religious beliefs, Again, and I think that's really important if you're working with a Muslim family, for example, have a basic understanding of, of the religion um, just so that you know what you're going into and, you know, feel maybe confident enough to, to explore the religion with the father that you're working with as well, because ultimately that will shape their, their perception of the world. Um, I think, again, in terms of stereotypes, and, you know, we all make judgments, we all have stereotypes of certain groups and I think we have to suspend that in a, in a sense and try and look past the stereotypes when we're working, you know, with these men. Um, so I think they're kind of the, the the main things that I would consider. And I, for me, every time I'm meeting a dad, and I feel very privileged in my role that I've worked with dads from all over the world. And you mentioned how your own heritage, you think that might have, have helped in kind of um, sort of talking with these men, you know, you know, if I'm a white woman, can I be involved in this programme? And, and how do you think, you know, the, the relationships and how, how the programme would work if I was a white woman, um, you know, in your position? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I think being a black male absolutely helps me in my position. You know, walking into a room, there's an, an instant connection in a sense that I'm a minority and you're a minority. You know, minority. So, so it, 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 tends, it tends to work. And people have asked me, you know, if I'm a white woman, for instance, can I can I do this work? And you know, I think you can. Um, I think it's important that there's a lot of groundwork um, in yourself as as a professional, where you you know have to have um, questions around you know, like I say, your own identity, your own privileges, um, as as well before you go into to any session. I think I think that's you know for any professional, I think we should do that no 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 matter what. But I think especially if you're not from a community that you're going to work in, um, I think it's important to to um, understand your your own identity and other people's identity as well so you know i think for me if anyone was uh, wanting to deliver you know, the, the journey project i think you know i would prefer to do some work with them first um as a professional um to talk around uh, about race identity etc um 
to help that person feel comfortable going into into that environment. Um, again, you know, expect, I suppose, especially as, as a female that within some cultures, um, they may find that more uncomfortable having a female talking about relationships, um, especially around intimacy within relationships as well, you know, depending on your religious belief as well. So I, I think it's really important that if you, you know, if you are going to work with someone from, from the BAME community, um, try and find out as much as you can about that person's culture, their religion, what's okay and what's not okay before going into, you know, into a house. I'm just thinking off the top of my head of, of, of an example, you know, some Muslim men won't shake a female's hand. Um, so, you know, going out to offer your hand out and the man not doing it, you might think, oh, what's, you know, why is this man being aggressive to me or making me feel uncomfortable? But it's actually just that some Muslim men won't shake, you know, a, a female sound. That's just, you know, one thing off the top of my head. But these things are really important um, before you go into a session. And am I right in thinking then, Marcus, that you set this up as an individual in, in Leeds City Council, this, this journey project? And yeah. is that right? So if there's social workers out there listening to this um, and thinking, I want to do something like that, what, what tips do you have to kind of setting up a project like this? And, and where is it now? You know, how, you know, have you got others that are kind of working part of the journey project? And ha, ha, do you know, have any sense of how many fathers have gone through this now? Yeah, yeah. so I, I think, you know, my advice is to, which I have to do, is speak to the communities that you want to work with. Um, spend time within the communities because I think we talk a lot about community, communities being hard to reach and, and I don't like that that phrase really of hard to engage or hard to reach I see it that, that we're difficult uh, to, to reach and actually we need to go out to communities and show our faces because um, you know speaking to other communities there is that fear of professionals coming in and, and you know the fear of them taking their children and and actually we don't go out and spend time within communities. So I would, you know, for anyone that's thinking of doing something similar, speak to your community, see what they want, um, have those conversations around, you know, healthy relationships. All the things I did initially were about healthy relationships, not about domestic violence, because I wanted to, to find out what's our perceptions of, of a healthy, you know, relationship. Um, so that would be one thing that I would, you know, recommend. As I mentioned earlier, you know, you have to look within yourself. I think if you're going to work within a in a BAME community, no matter where you're from, have a look within yourself and, and ask yourself some difficult questions regarding your own identity, your views on race, religion, etc. Um, I think that really helps um, and gives you those, those tools when you ask yourself those difficult questions when you go into working with, with families. And is there anything else you want to kind of share about your story along the journey project? I think I, I think no. I win. I, I win one friend. Yeah, I win one friend. So I think some men or some guys like me, they no one talk about your field because they think is a thing for woman. Mm. Yeah, but uh, I, I want to. Uh, I think. Uh, Everybody need to try. Yeah, everybody need to try. It's good when we talk about our fears, our fears, because if not, maybe one day I don't know what happened. If we, we if we keep the, the the fears inside of us, 
I don't know what, what happened one day if he, if I just explode. So uh, my advice is everybody need to try because for me, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very happy because it's helped me a lot. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for your time. Um, and thank you. I'm sure our listeners are um, uh, really pleased and um, enjoyed that podcast. So thanks ever so much. Thanks for listening to this Research in Practice podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Why not share with your colleagues and let us know your thoughts on Twitter. Tweet us at ResearchIP.